This is Living Free, our podcast we've been using to track with the book of Numbers this summer. We're learning how to move toward the freedom that God provides us in Christ. This is Monday, August 9th. In 1935, when Bill Wilson, just a just sober alcoholic, met Bob Smith, a man detoxing from alcohol, they came together to form a new fellowship for alcoholics. Now, their movement sprang from a small Christian community called the Oxford Group, a fellowship that took its pattern from the community of the first Christians. Now, these men were, with a few others, worked out the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Have you ever noticed where the 12 steps begin? Here's the first step. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Yes, the steps don't begin with a can-do philosophy of success, but an honesty about defeat. You begin your journey towards sobriety with an honest assessment of your failure. You can't do it. And you also can't manage your life. Now, this honesty about your condition opens the way for each of the next steps taken in the direction of freedom from addiction. Now, here's our text for today from Numbers chapter 21, beginning in verse 4. From Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient on the way. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food, no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he will take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole and if the serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. Now this event seems strange to us, that is, until we look more deeply at what is happening. The whole scene begins with the people speaking against God. The Lord is the one who sustained them. He nurtured his people in the wilderness, but the people stand against him. They accuse him of mistreatment when they become impatient. They are outside the land. They can see the fulfillment of the promises of God, but they cannot enter in in order to take possession of the land. They become discontent and turn on the Lord that saved them. And why would God put them in this place? Well, he wants them to learn to trust in him to learn a healthy dependence on him. But they refused to trust the Lord and his timing. And in their complaining, the Lord sends what's called fiery serpents that bite the people. 
The venom of these snakes kills many people. And this seems to be a sign of how the discontent of the people was destroying them. So as the people are dying, they call out to the Lord to save them. Now God doesn't immediately stop the serpents. Instead, he instructs Moses to do something very curious. Moses is to fasten a bronze serpent on his staff and hold it high into the air for the people to look at. And if they look upon the serpent, they will live. Now let's think about this for a moment. Why would God ask Moses to make a bronze snake for them to look at? Weren't the snakes killing the people? What was God trying to show the people? Yes, they had to look on the very thing that was killing them in order to survive. To do so was an admission of their sin, of the thing that was destroying their lives. Wow, it's like here, the first step was of AA was here thousands of years before Bill Wilson and Bob Smith ever thought it up. And here's what these men wrote about this step. Who cares to admit complete defeat? Practically no one, of course. Every natural instinct cries out against the idea of personal powerlessness. It is truly awful to admit that, glass in hand, we have warped our minds into such an obsession for destructive drinking that only an act of providence can remove it from us. Yes, to look on the serpent is the admission of their defeat. And that's the first step of AA. It's like that serpent in the wilderness. The admission of the failure is not an announcement of their success. It is that by looking at the thing killing them, they, the way might be opened for life. Now, this is a lesson that each of us needs to learn. We look at our lives with an honest assessment to be honest about the thing that's destroying us. And it's in the admission of our defeat that we come to trust God and look to Him. Now, can you imagine Israel in the wilderness? All they had to do was look at that bronze serpent. Can you imagine that some people just refused to do that? That this simple act that could save them, they refused to look at the serpent. I can't imagine that. But in a sense, that is what we do when we refuse to admit the thing that is destroying our lives. So Lord Jesus was speaking with Nicodemus. He spoke of this moment in the wilderness. Here's John chapter 3, verse 14 to 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. Wow! Jesus is speaking about the way He will be lifted up on the cross. His cross is the statement of the very thing that is destroying our lives, our sin. It's killing us. And that's what put Jesus there. And it is by looking to Jesus on the cross that we will have life, eternal life. Yes, everyone who looks to Him for life will be saved. See, the cross is the statement at the same time 
of the, the fact that our sin is destroying us, and at the same moment, God's love for us and His willingness to redeem. Let's pray. Almighty God, we refuse to look upon the thing that is killing us. We refuse to admit defeat. We need Jesus that we might have life. Enable us to trust that your grace is enough to save each of us. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.